What's up, Financial Residency? I am back for another Q&A show with my good buddy, Jeff. Jeff, say hello. Hello, everybody. We're going to do our best. I said this last time. I think we went over. We're going to try to keep this to 10 minutes max, even shoot for five, but we'll say 10 minute max. And we're going to pull a question from the Facebook group, the Physician Finance Facebook group, just to kind of talk through that. If you guys have questions on your end, please post them in the Facebook group and we'll cover them in future episodes. The question that was posed in the group, this was about actually very close to home here. We have a little bit of bias on this question. So the question is, have you ever used financial planning services not to manage investments, but help you set up cash flow and advise on how much of a home you can afford? What percentage of income should be saved, invested for your goals? And then do you have someone you would recommend and how much would it cost? That is, I say it's a biased question. That's what Jeff and I do by day. So of course, we're going to say there's plenty of them, but we'll talk about the pros and cons of that because there is cases where it might not make sense or different directions to go. Jeff, you want to try and tackle this one first? Sure. So I think we were, as we looked at the question, you know, there are lots of different answers that come up too. And and like Daniel said, we are we are in this business. So we certainly have a little bit of bias there. My own personal background came from the fire movement into personal finance, and we actually hated investment planners, financial planners. Yeah, so, hardcore um, DIYer. Yeah, hardcore. And just through personal experience with my own family, came to realize there can be value for others that are on this journey. That's real quick me and how I even happened to get here because I didn't like financial planners. So there you go. <laughs> so real quick, I think what matters here is having a good idea of what you are looking for help mm -hmm. with some of the answers that we saw there actually had to do a lot more with investment management. So I love Vanguard personally and the investment options that they have there. And if you want investment help or even just going there for like, Hey, I have a goal and I want to be on track to fund it. That's not a bad option. Mm -hmm. Jeff's referring to, there was one answer and it was Vanguard. So we wanted to kind of give a more full scope answer. And then Vanguard can be a great option. I mean, we use Vanguard funds I and mean, Vanguard funds right. are fantastic, but Vanguard also has a investment management service. They even have a financial planning service. The initial question though, what are the areas that the questioner was looking for? So help not to manage investments, but help you set up correct cash flow, advise on how much of a home you can afford, what percentage of income should be invested versus saved based on your financial goals. And percentage of income. All right. Yeah. So I think that's not a Vanguard sort of need there. I don't think, I mean, like it could be, but Vanguard is very much a generalist, like a uh, low touch, very general and more investment focused sort of setup. If you're using them for financial planning, I don't think like a betterment or something like that is a good solution because they're very investment focused. I think most financial planners or financial advisors or whatever they call themselves are not great fit because the entire industry is very focused on investments. So that's probably what the person asking the question has already realized because the fact that they brought up not to just manage investments makes me think that they've kind of felt that. That's really, we're a fantastic solution for that. That's like, if you look at our time with families, what do you think, Jeff? We're probably like 10% or less on investments. The bulk of our work is more in like family and money and balancing and all that stuff. Right. I would say I'd almost wear that as a badge, 10% or so of investment yeah. time, maybe less. 
I think these questions that they're asking for, looking at my cash flow, looking mm-hmm. at how much home I can afford, start to get to someone that is going to lead with what are your values and how do we align everything around that? Yeah, and because he, those decisions heavy depend on values and what's most important in goals. You can always go to general rules of thumb on cash flow. Like I need 25% here, 25% there, 50% here to understand your personal values, that's going to dictate then how do we use that current cash flow to align it with values and actually achieve the goals while balancing some of these competing priorities. Because what you're going to find with a lot of investment management platforms is, all right, I want to retire at age 65 with this much money. And it can spit out a number and give you an amount, but then balancing it, those questions of, all right, how is this going to impact something else? Like, am I going to be able to afford you know, a one and a half million dollar home. If I'm also saving this, am I going to be house poor versus not to do that? So. The other thing I'll throw out is it seems like a lot of people that have not ever worked with advisors or planners are sometimes thinking like, I just need a plan. I just need to figure out how to find someone that can help me come up with a plan. And then I got it from there. If that's truly the desire, you can look for financial planning services or companies that just do plans mm-hmm only or find like a hourly planner to kind of do a plan for you. So I'll throw out like a network. Garrett planning network is like an hourly planning a network of hourly planners and they'll do plans for hourly rates and then they give you the plan and then you're kind of off to the races. What I have found maybe we're skewed towards the people we work with, but like our experience working with people is that they get that plan and the to-do list and then they're like, Oh, and they have a hard time executing on it when you get into like life and day to day. There's a different style of planning that's more like ongoing, doing life and money together. It's kind of like concierge medicine style planning. That's kind of what we do is more of like the concierge medicine style of planning where we're going to help with like the executing aspect of planning. Sometimes it's hard to know what that's actually like. It's hard to explain it. It's hard to recognize it until you've done your first plan. So I get that, like, it's hard to know, but if you do know which direction you fall in that can kind of help with the decision-making as well, but you don't have to get married to a planner. I think sometimes I do that with my doctor. I'm like, I don't want to change ever again. I want to get one and be done, but you can always work with somebody for a while and then graduate or exchange transition and, and whatnot. That's not a big deal. The different types of help that you could work with then, would you label that maybe the one that we didn't want to look at at the beginning, it wasn't even part of the question, was basically investment management help. You could look to that. At, maybe you look at some of the robo-advisors, Vanguard, personal investment services, that type of thing. And yep, usually you're looking at some kind of a percentage of your investments that go there. Our view, you're going to get kind of financial planning light there where it's very, just give me a number to save. That's because they're focused on the investments. That's how they get paid. That's what they're focused on. Number two, there was kind of the one-time type financial plan where let's look at stuff together. It's a project-based, maybe it's hourly. Have you seen anything as far as pricing? Pricing. I think that the price was one of the parts of the question as well, if I recall. That's very wide range, but I would say the pricing for like a one-time plan, if you're talking overall, it's a big range, probably like a couple thousand to like up to Mm 10,000. If you start to narrow it down to like physician-specific planners, I would say it's probably more like three to 6,000 for a one-time plan. That's 
some of the firms will do a little bit of a discounted rate for in training. I would say a few thousand, maybe like a 4,000 average fee for the plan. If you're in practice, that's kind of what I would ballpark. I don't know, Jeff, you think that's a good ballpark for that? That was the range I was going to give somewhere in that really five to 10, maybe three on the lower, really low end there for a plan that's going to look at a lot of areas of life and really dive deep and not just say, all right, you want to fund $100,000 for college, save this much a month, but get into the values anyway. Yeah, that's a good qualifier. So that's the other category ongoing. Pricing for that. I think most of the firms doing that, including us, are doing like a monthly fee. And so I would say if we're talking annual, because we've already been talking annual, let's stick with annual pricing. They usually charge monthly, but like if we look in annual terms, I think 5000 a year is a good average for that. A lot of them charge like an upfront fee as well to get started, or they lock you into the contract. For example, for us, we charge an upfront fee, but don't lock you into the contract. So you can leave at any time. Depending on what that is, they often will charge an upfront fee. And I'd say the average is about 5000 a year. Now that pricing will typically flux up and down depending on circumstances. So like, I'll tell you what our average households are paying, like in training, you know, a couple thousand a year is probably a good average across the board. Now, somebody that's like single is going to be different than like married with children and both spouses work. But I think a couple thousand is a just rough average. And I think that's what the industry is charging. And then in practice, I would say it can range a little bit more under probably four to 10,000 would be the average for most physicians in practice. From what I see, especially kind of the early attending new in practice is probably in that mid thousand range, you know, not mid 1000, but you know, somewhere in 5,000 5, range. Right. Now, if you're further along or you own a practice with employees and like lots of accounts and going to obviously add to the complexity and it's going to go higher. So another little side note, the last thing I'll throw out is like Jeff mentioned at the beginning, the investment focused firms. There's a lot of like financial planners that say they do the third thing we talked about, but that charge like the first category. So that gets a little confusing, but like a lot of financial planners are like, do the third like we're doing financial planning, like we'll do cash flow, all this stuff, but we charge based on your assets. That's kind of a confusing setup because they're charging based on investments, but they're doing the other stuff. So typically with that setup, when you don't have a lot of assets, you end up kind of getting into this low touch situation where you're not going to get much love just because of the nature of the way it's charged. It tends to be on average 1% of assets when they're doing that model is what they typically charge. I mean, that sounds like a good deal if you got a $100,000 account, but what happens is as your wealth builds and you want them to give advice on the full scope, you end up with like several million dollars with them. That's like, you know, $2 million, that's 20,000 a year if it's 1%. So those fees kind of creep up pretty fast in that setup, but you know, it can work well if they're giving you good service, they're just charging 1% and the balance is lower. I mean, sometimes you get what you pay for. Sometimes you don't, it's hard to say. I think the key to all of this is just to really know what you are looking for as a service too, because our experience, like Daniel said, vast majority could actually probably use just the extra ongoing help. And there's a lot of value in that. If you're listening to this podcast and you just love personal finance, you might be skewing even more a little bit towards the, I would just like a plan and I will take it and run with it option as well. But just knowing what you're looking for, know the areas that you want expertise in too. All good stuff. The last one more thing is 
the free financial advisor is not good. <laughs> They're never good. The ones we were going over, it's kind of like, eh, you know, one could work better in this situation. But the one that's free, you're not going to get objective advice and they're selling stuff to make money. So I would steer clear of that setup, like the free financial advisor. And they're typically working for like insurance related companies. Mm. Definitely a really good rule of thumb, if not almost <laughs> an absolute there. Yeah. Uh, coming from me, I used to be that one. So, <laughs> all right, Jeff, enjoyed chatting with you again today. We'll look forward to seeing everyone next time. Mm -hmm.